Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club, a show where I tell guests a mystery story and they try and guess the solution. I'm your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today I'm joined by my youngest brother, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. So uh, you're the last of the family to be on the show. Save the best for last. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, you're, I don't know why it's reminding me. So so I was the show is recently featured on um, the BBC4 podcast hour, I think is what it's called. And the, it's reminding me because my intro is the exact same, except I was saying my dad, Gary McCluskey, and now it's my brother, Alex. And it's just making me think of that. I'm doing another short story. That was cool. That was really cool. <laughs> Um, so, so today, well, okay, first, how's it going, Alex? It's going good. Yeah, you just, so Alex just got a second dose. That's the big news in everyone's lives right now is how's your vaccination going, right? Yeah, and I got a fever. Yeah, unfortunately. But I'm already feeling way better. It's just lost. Yeah, so. and then you just got, got to wait for your two-week immunity, and then we can start going to, like, movie theaters again. Yeah, I can travel all over the world. Oh wait, I will not be doing that, of course. <laughs> do you think you'll do do any like is there anything in particular that you've really been missing this whole year? I don't think I'll do anything different. I've always wanted to go get like breakfast at like a diner. Oh yeah, like Mel's or Angie's Kitchen? Yeah, something like that. Okay, that would be nice. So I'm excited for like indoor dining eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when that's coming. I'm not fully up to date on the the reopening plan. I'm uh I think the thing I'm most looking forward to right now is indoor mini putt. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. It was all like outdoor. I just I did outdoor yesterday. That was a lot of fun. But there's there's one indoor one that I've been to before that's glow in the dark and it was just so fun. I wanna do that again. I just saw that uh movie theaters are opening in Toronto soon. Yeah. That's it's gonna be big too. That I'm excited for. Are you gonna have to wear a mask? I imagine so. I think I don't think they're going to get rid of ma- because of like the variants. I don't think I don't know. I think I'll keep wearing a mask indoors. I think you should. They... I hope they require it. That make me like feel comfortable going. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's a big thing. The only downside is then you can't eat popcorn. <laughs> like, that's, <a> <laughs> that's true. So we'll see. Maybe they'll just be like super spaced out. I don't know. Yeah. Not open at full capacity. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So today, Alex and I are going to be talking about a Sherlock Holmes story. This is a big deal. Sherlock Holmes has not been, I guess it's um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle has not been featured on the show to the, to date. Um, and there's kind of a reason for that. So one, this was actually my first reading, like official Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes story that I've read. I've read like, because he's so famous, there's like offshoots like like um did any did you watch the enola holmes movie that came out recently i did yes so enola holmes is like sherlock holmes's younger sister apparently and so it's like an offshoot of sherlock holmes right and so there's a whole bunch of those kinds of offshoots of like young sherlock holmes female sherlock holmes i don't know like that kind of thing um so i read some of those stories before but never the official sherlock holmes that was the first reason the second reason is, as I know they're not really the kind of whodunits that I'm used to telling on the show. Like, there's not going to be necessarily a ton of characters to choose from in this specific story. Maybe there are in some of them, but I haven't read them. So if you actually, you're listening to this and you're like, what are you talking about? This Sherlock Holmes story would be perfect. Please write in to the 
gmail which is tuesday night mystery club at gmail.com i'll try and leave a link to that in the description and uh it's funny i'm pointing downwards like this is a youtube video but (laughs) we're not recording the video (laughs) Uh, and let me know what sherlock home story i should do next full length or a short story uh so alex you were you were talking about we've watched the uh sherlock holmes tv series yes sherlock we watched Sherlock sherlock before Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I really like that. I never finished the whole series. I've watched the I watched the first season. I don't even know how many seasons there are. There's four. Four seasons, and you've seen them all. I have. I've watched okay. them like I've at least watched it twice. All of it. I should make a note to do that because I'm always looking. I'm not particularly big on movies, and not that those like technically they're not movies, but aren't they like two hours long each? They're like an hour and a half. Yeah, so a pretty good length. That's I would. Some- Movies don't have to be two hours. That's a movie. Okay. So, yeah. So, they're then they're movies. I'm always just... It, it continues like a TV show. Yeah. Episode after episode. So, yeah. Yeah. What was... Wasn't there... Haven't there been movies? Well, there's always movies that come out in, like, two parts. I don't yeah. know. Semantics. We've seen those together. So, we, we know Sherlock Holmes. But for anyone listening who doesn't... Um, <laughs> keep it look, like, how? <laughs> uh, Sherlock Holmes... Like, I don't know what you'd call him, but Sir Arthur Conan Doyle started writing these stories in, like, I think the 1800s. And they were super, super popular. The mystery genre is super popular. And the main characters are Sherlock Holmes, who's the, like, main detective. And he's, like, a super eccentric guy who is, like, the classic detective figure of he he just like notices everything and then will point it out to you of, like, oh, I knew you were out in the countryside because you're... I can see scuffs on your boots where they've been, um, they've been brushed off. The dirt's been brushed off, but it's been done badly, which also makes me aware that you have a really bad maid that you're probably going to fire soon. You know? Yep. Yep. So that's Sherlock Holmes. And then it's, it's, I mean, it just feels like everything's based on Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. So like Dr. Watson is like Sherlock's companion. So it would be for her, um, Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot. He had, captain hastings as like his like sidekick who's like you know they the the main detective thinks is like super dumb because they never are they're just ordinary people like you and i so we don't pick up on these little details well i'm i should speak for myself alex do you pick up on the little details not at all (laughs) i'm the perfect like audience member (laughs) doesn't know anything he's blown away at the end yeah applauds yeah I like that. Like sometimes yeah. in mystery books, I've said this before, sometimes I'll try and solve it. And other times I'm like, no, I'm here for the ride. Like, just tell me what happens. I want to know. Would you like to get started on this story? I would. Okay. So this is, the story is called A Scandal in Bohemia. Again, it's by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And it was written in 1891. And when I set out to um, pick this story, I was like, where do I start? Like what I could have done. I think the the first book was... A Study in Scarlet. And I was like, I could do that one. But I wanted to do a short story. So I think this is the first short story that was published. But I also could be very wrong. And then because there's like, there's so much fandom to Sherlock Holmes that there was all this like, even the books weren't like written in order in some way where people are like, okay, well, this book was written first, but then he went on to write more books that in the Sherlock world happened beforehand. And so timeline wise, I'm not sure where this, (laughs) I don't know where this story falls in on the timeline. If anyone cares. <laughs> uh, but 1891, so pretty early. 
And we start with Dr. Watson is, he's been newly married. So there's different phases of of the Sherlock, again, like timeline. That's what I said before. Chronology. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. When they first meet, I need to throw out everything I know though. Why? You know too much? Well, I know. I just mean that I can't base it off of Sherlock's. I don't know how true the show. Oh, yeah. Like how much it's based off of that stuff is. So I'm just going to pretend I know nothing. Okay. So. I'm also, I'm trying to explain, like, as I didn't know very much about this, but Dr. Watson gets married, I think at least twice, maybe three times. I don't know, but this is his, so wherever we are in the timeline, we're at the point where Watson is newly married to his first wife. And so he hasn't seen much of Holmes lately because he's been off, like, you know, being a newlywed and he started back up being a doctor again, which he hadn't been like practicing before. Uh, but he's passing by 221B Baker Street uh his Sherlock's apartment where Watson did live at one point so he's talking about this so clearly in the Sherlock universe this has happened before and he decides to head up and like say hi because he's he's passing the neighborhood he misses his friend whatever and Sherlock Holmes immediately did this is what I was saying you know Sherlock Holmes immediately deuces a bunch of stuff about Watson and of course he's right about it all so that was what I was saying about like the scuff on the boot and whole bunch of other things that he picks up on he knows that he's back to practicing being a doctor and so proves himself right there and watson loves it just as always of like he's just so impressed and then sherlock invites watson to participate in his next case because a letter has just arrived by the evening post and in summary it basically says a a gentleman is writing to say that he will be visiting at 8 p.m with a matter of utmost importance and he will be wearing a mask upon his arrival because it's very very secret so we're getting interested right yeah i'm imagining a mask that you wear like now to protect from your mouth and (laughs) no a mask like you'd wear to one of those parties yeah and he does i uh, it's funny you say that yeah because they do describe it. They say it covers his eyes and comes like down to his like cheekbones or something like that. So they tell you exactly how big this and where this mask is. But yeah, like well, yeah. you might wear it to a masked ball or something. That kind of mask. Yes. So so they start to examine the paper because they're like, what can we We Sherlock's like big on. He doesn't make assumptions. He like deduces stuff. He like, I don't know, analyzes facts, whatever. So they examine the paper and they can tell that it's a well-to-do gentleman because it's on like thicker paper. Like it's like nice, fancy paper. And there's a watermark in the pages of the paper. And by it's, it's like a German dialect that Sherlock of course knows because he knows everything. And he picks up that it's from a town in called something, something, something. I don't remember the name of the town, but it's in the country of Bohemia. So this is a made-up country, but it has Germanic roots, and they think that the, this person speaks German based on what he said in the letter. The way it's in, he's written in English, but his phrasing somehow is German. So Sherlock tells Watson to stay, that the um, he doesn't care if this man wants Watson there or not. Sherlock wants him there, so that's all that matters. And uh, they could hear the man approaching because he has like a super fancy coach and like nice fancy horses and they can tell the difference between their like clopping on the, on the, on the, um, on the rocks. What are they called? The pavers? No. Cobblestone. That's the right word. (laughs) Uh, So the man comes, sure enough, he comes up and he comes in and says that his name is, or no, he doesn't say it's his name. He says, you can call me Count Von Cram. And he says that he's a bohemian nobleman. 
And then he basically tells both Sherlock and Watson that everything he's about to tell them, they're sworn to two years of secrecy. So after two years, they're free to talk about it because it won't matter anymore at that point. So this is important to Watson because he's going to write all this down. Sherlock probably doesn't care. He probably doesn't talk about his stuff anyways. And I think he does like Watson kind of like following his journey and writing about him. And so Holmes basically immediately is like, I know you're the king of Bohemia. Drop the act, sir. And the guy's like, basically, he takes off his mask and throws it down and goes, how did you know? Like, how did you just deuce that so quickly? And of course, you know, Sherlock goes through his like, how, how he figured it out and and is like, just just get on with it, King. Like, come, I, like of course I know. And I you we're going to have to tell me eventually. Like, I need to know these things. Get on with your story. Right? Yeah. But if he was a German king and trying to hide it, why would he use his his paper? He always uses with the watermark. Because maybe I think, he didn't know the watermark was there. Well, yeah. He kind of, like, anyone from that, that area... A nobleman from that area would have had the same paper. So I think he's try- he was trying to pretend that like he was doing business on behalf of the king, but he like walks into this room and he just looks like this super powerful, tall figure. And Herlock and Watson are both like, yeah, this guy's important. As in there's no hiding it. No, he wasn't gonna hide this. Uh Sherlock's Sherlock's not not taking any of them. So he gets right, he gets into the facts of like what's going on and why he want, wanted to see Sherlock. And it comes down to that five years ago, he had been in Warsaw and he had met a young woman named Irene Adler. And I, you know, they had had some indiscretions, they might call it. And they had written each other some letters and, and the king of Bohemia says, he's like, okay, I know I shouldn't have written the letters. Like it looks really bad now. I need to get like, like. I know it was bad, but I was basically like I was young and dumb and it happened. And now I need now I want to get married, but there's I cannot let my future wife find out about this because any little thing that shows that my character might be off and the marriage is off. And he's basically saying it's like of utmost importance to all of European society that this marriage goes through, which seems a little pretentious. I don't know. That's not the right word. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So so. He's talking about these compromising letters and Sherlock is basically like, who cares? Like she could, if she can show people the letters and you can just be like, they're forged. Like, and then, you know, uh, the King's like, but what about the handwriting? And he's like, that's easy to forge. And he's like, well, what about the, the, the crest, the seal that I used? And he's like forged, like all of this stuff could be forged. Why do you care? And the King goes, well, there was a photograph and he's like, who cares? I don't even could have a photograph of you. And she's, he's like, no, it's not just a photograph of me. It's a photograph of me and Irene together. And then Sherlock's like, oh yes, very compromising. This is terrible. <laughs> Basically like, how could you, King, how could you let this happen? And then all the other letters don't seem like they're forged. Because there's exactly. there to prove that it's actually him. Exactly. So now if she had this photo, this, that, if she has this photograph, she can prove that they were together. And now these letters have all of the, yeah, have so much more weight. And so the king doesn't care so much about the letters. He's like, I need to retrieve that photograph. So he's, he's, Sherlock's like, okay, so what have you done so far to try and get it back? And he's like, well, of course I've tried buying it. She'll accept no sum. I've tried to rob her five times. He's broken into her house twice and like robbed her, like stolen her suitcases on travels a couple of times with no luck. They can, no one's been able to find the photograph. 
And Irene has threatened them that on the day that his marriage is like proposal is announced, she's going to send the photograph to his wife, his future wife. Yes. No good. So the king gives Holmes a bunch of money, like a lot, like a lot for the time. He's basically like, here's a sack of gold uh, for the time being, you know, for expenses and gives, gives Sherlock Irene's address. And I think so Irene had been like maybe a singer in Warsaw at the time. She's like, they call her a young adventuress. Uh, But now she's settled down, I guess, in London. I have a question. Yeah. Just in like why he's trying to get, did he love this woman and then like change his mind like great question she seems upset with him or like she is trying to make the relationship work are we going to get to that i i think we can talk about that now so the um that's a great question why indeed i think he did love this woman irene and basically was like but she's not royalty like I'm really important and she's who's she like just some uh I don't know what they call like she just has money she's like kind of rich but she's not nobility she doesn't have the blood yeah what bloodline is she from so he's basically a little snooty about it you know what I mean so I think there's some bad blood between the two of them because she's like you're ditching me for this woman like I'm clearly better she's just royal like what is this that kind of thing I think that's kind of what's going on that answers my question. But what the only thought I have, and it like goes nowhere, is he could have like pretended to still love her until he was like within reach of the photograph and mm. then be gone. But maybe she, he like played his cards wrong and she figured out he doesn't care for her. And then so, okay. This, let me just grab the book because this is a good point. And there's a good, the, the, I didn't read that at the beginning, but the story starts out with one line. And I think this will help describe things. Yeah. No one else can see this, but Alex, this is a huge book. It's a huge book. (laughs) Okay. So let me just. People think you're studying for an exam and you're reading that in public. Yeah, probably. Okay. So the first, the first line of the book is to Sherlock. To Sherlock Holmes, she is always the woman. I have seldom heard him mention her under any other name. In his eyes, she eclipses and predominates the whole of her sex. It was not that he felt any emotion akin to love for Irene Adler. All emotions, and that one particularly, were abhorrent to his cold, precise, but admirably balanced mind. And then it goes on. But it's just like all to say of like this... This woman is not just someone who's going to be tricked into giving away this photograph easily. Fair enough. Note. Sounds like a good story coming up. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into it. So, so her uh, Sherlock, of course, agrees to all of this. He's like, oh yeah, I'll get your photograph back. So uh, he tells Watson, I've got to make some plans. I got to do some stuff on my own. Meet me back at my apartment tomorrow at 3 PM and we'll have a chit chat. So he is, Watson's already super interested. So he's like, yeah, I'll be back. Don't you worry. I'm, I want to hear what's going on. So he returns, um, he returns the next day and around, it takes about till about 4 PM for Sherlock to return back home. And at first Watson's confused because a drunken groom, so a groom would be like a horse. You'd have a groom for horses, like in charge of the horses, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or like a horse rider something like that. Um, a drunken groom comes into the apartment and Watson knows Sherlock. So he knows that this is like just a really good disguise. And so Sherlock goes to get chains, 
gets changed, comes back into the room and just starts like, like laughing hysterically. And Watson's like, what's going on? And Sherlock's like, you got to hear this. So let me tell you, like from the beginning. So he'd woken up around eight. He had gotten dressed into this, like these grooms get up. And part of the reason for that is Irene was like a rich woman. So she would have had a stable attached to her house for like where her carriage and horses to, to stored and she'd have people to care for them. And it's Sherlock's opinion that those people will be like down to talk a lot easier. Right. And he can get some info out of them. Yeah. Wait, Sherlock got this idea because he saw a drunken groom? No, he just knows, it's like he just knows human character. He knows that, like, he had left at eight in the morning and dressed up as just, I think, a regular groom. And then he oh, gone he down to, like... Did he yeah. return as drunken groom? And now he's telling what happened? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I got so, Thank so you. yeah, sorry. Let me, I'll, I'll repeat that. So, Watson is sitting in Sherlock's apartment when a drunken groom comes into the room. And at first, Watson's like, who is this? But then he remembers Sherlock is really good at disguises and dressing up. So he realizes, oh, no, it's Sherlock. It's Sherlock who's coming back around 4 p.m. that day. So, yeah, left at 8 a.m., arriving back at 4. He's been out all day. Yeah. So so when he when Sherlock had first left that morning, he'd first like case to the house. Irene Adler's house and kind of like seeing that the windows are very easy to break into a whole bunch of stuff. Um, then he goes around back to the stables where he meets with like the, he basically is like, he offers the stable people a hand and like helps brush out the horses. And in return, they give him like, you know, a half pint of beer or something and like a cigar, something along or something along those lines. And, uh, uh, are, are more than willing to talk about everyone and everyone, everyone and anyone in the neighborhood, including Irene Adler. So he gets some info about her. So she is a, she likes to sing. She still sings quite regularly. That's one of the reasons she'll leave the house. Um, she leaves the house regularly every day at 5 p.m. and returns at 7 p.m. She goes out in her, her carriage, her car, whatever. She's just known throughout the neighborhood as being this like super dainty woman who everyone, like everyone thinks she's like beautiful, that kind of thing. So people like her. And she always has, she only ever has one male visitor who comes at least once a day, sometimes twice, or sometimes like more than that in a day. So Sherlock kind of thinks there's two possibilities. Oh, well, well, so first he finds out who this person is. His name is Mr. Gordon. Nope. Mr. Godfrey Norton. And he's a lawyer. With the, I think they call it the Inner Temple, which might be something if you're British you might know about. I think it's a lawyer thing in London. I don't know. That's kind of what the book made it sound like. But whatever, his lawyer school place, whatever. Godfrey Norton. And so he goes, okay, either Irene is his client, and that's why he's visiting so often. A friend, maybe? Or his mistress. That's like Sherlock's three possibilities of who who this woman is to Godfrey Norton. Who Irene is, sorry. Um, so kind of around that time or shortly later, a handsome man pulls up to Irene's house when he suspects or I'm pretty confident that's Godfrey. And Godfrey's in the house for about 30 minutes. When he comes out in like a flurry, he's super agitated. He grabs a taxi or like a cab and tells them to go to this specific jeweler and then to this specific church. And he tells them, if you can do it in 20 minutes, I'll give you a bunch of money. And they pull out. And so Sherlock's contemplating, like, should he follow them? When Irene runs out of the house, she hops into her personal coach, her her 
with her driver and tells him to go to the same church that Godfrey had been going to and they speed off. And this gets important because apparently sometime around this time, um, you could only be married before noon and it's like 25, 30 minutes to noon. Right? So what does Sherlock do, do you think? Well, if they're in a rush to get married, I feel like you'd want to stop that. Oh my gosh, Sherlock's going to dress up as the, like, what's the person that officiates the wedding? I think the officiant. Or the, yeah. the minutes, mister? Yeah, that's what I came up with. Okay. I feel like he's going to follow. I don't think he's going to stay at the... Oh, he's going to go right into the house. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good guesses. No, he's got to follow them. What's he, what's he going to do? Good guesses, all of them. Um, he's going to follow them he's gonna fall he knows where the church is so he grabs the nearest cab and is like to the church and he also offers them a sum of money if they can do it in 20 minutes so he gets there and he needs to know what's gonna happen so he kind of just ambles into the church and is like well like anyone can be in a church he's just walking by and it seems to be a really great thing they call him over basically the priest calls him over and for some reason it seems that they need a witness for their marriage yeah and so sherlock becomes the witness the marriage and he like is asked to say a couple things i think they call him like the best man yeah and (laughs) and he i guess helps with this marriage and that's all you know fine and dandy uh and so he doesn't stop it i don't think there's any reason for him to want to stop them getting married especially because now if the picture came out it would both be bad for irene and the king because now she doesn't want this compromising picture coming out either right probably fair enough yeah so they leave. He's a woman and he's, of importance, it sounds like. Yeah, right? And But it's still, like, Sherlock still wants to recover this photograph. He's still, like, the king wants it. That's who's paying him. So, like, that's what he wants. So he's worried that now that they're, these two people are married, they're going to leave together and they might, like, leave the country or something. Like, he's worried that the photograph is going to leave with them. And, uh, but luckily they go their separate directions and they agree Irene tells him, I'll be at the park at five as usual. So that's where she's going from five to seven every day. My what my thought is that if you're married to someone, I don't know, these days you have uh, like protections. Like you don't have to testify in court against your spouse mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so that's where my mind goes. But what I was mm. going to say was that if it's you also don't have to um, like – speak against someone if you're their lawyer like you have protection mm. what privilege so they didn't need to get married necessarily then if he's if her he's lawyer they didn't. right and Maybe if they, both. they're both both the lawyer and the spouse then uh they have double protection yeah anyway that's interesting <laughs> so so luckily charlotte has time now to make preparations for what he wants to do next so he heads back that's why he, so he's arrived back at four after making some of these preparations and he tells Watson that he's going to need his help. Um, but he has, they have till seven to get to the house and uh, put their plan into motion because he still knows that he, this needs to happen fast. Like he's not sure how much time they have. So what, what Sherlock tells Watson is he's like, we're going to head to the house. Um, there's going to be, I just need you to watch, like don't interfere with anything. Just watch. There's going to be this like big kerfuffle. I'm going to, I'm going to get myself into the house. Basically I'm going to get, there's, I'm going to get the parlor room window to get opened. And at that, like at my signal, I need you to throw in this smoke bomb and yell fire. So that's Sherlock's plan. I mean, he's not telling Watson the entire plan. He's telling him, Watson, this is what I need you to do to make this plan work. 
And he basically tells Watson, like, you might get arrested. Are you sure you're okay doing this? And Watson's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's go, boy. Watson's addicted. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want to know what's going to happen. Let's go. So, so Sherlock goes into his room and gets dressed up as a clergyman. And they head out. So the house, they get to the house and there's a whole bunch of people mingling around. There's like, you know, ruffians, higher class people. It just seems like there's a bunch of people out. And Sherlock thinks that the pitcher is hidden in the house. He kind of explains to Watson that they know the size of the pitcher. They call it a cabinet size pitcher. I don't know what that means, but what he's saying is like, you couldn't hide it on your person. It's too big. And also... Irene would be aware that she could be searched at any time because the king is looking for this picture. She also, he doesn't think she wouldn't trust anyone else with the picture. She would feel, she would know that she's safest to have it because if she trusts anyone else with it, they could have power over her. So he thinks it's in the house somewhere. uh, And I don't know where it is yet, but boy, am I going to find out. I'm going to, I'll know shortly, basically. So Irene's carriage pulls up just at seven as expected. And one of the ruffians that's like hanging about on the street goes to try to open the carriage door to her and help her out, hoping to get some like money in return. But another ruffian comes up at the same time and also wants the same thing. And they start to get into a scuffle. And all of a sudden Irene is in the middle of this group of people in this scuffle. And the clergyman, wink, wink, who's across the street, he comes over to try and help Irene. And he gets a punch thrown in his face and is completely knocked out. There's blood everywhere. Um, the ruffians all run away. A bunch of like the kind of like upper class people that had been on the street come to help Sherlock. Irene at this point has made it to his door and she calls back to be like, is he all right? Is the clergyman all right? And one of the women there goes, he, I think he's dead. Someone else is like, no, he just started breathing again. They're like, but can we, can't, we like, do you have a place where you, we can lie him down? He shouldn't be in the street. And Irene is like, yeah, bring him in. So that was all staged. Not staged. Yeah, you think? Well, it did. Did Sherlock pay these guys to do that? We don't know yet. Maybe It's too perfect. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he did. Remember, he married them at 12 and he didn't make it back home until four. So that is four hours of time Sherlock was doing something. T- four hours for Sherlock. Yeah. That's tons. Tons of time. <laughs> so now he's in the house, right? And so... And Watson's still watching, of course, and he's watching through the parlor window and he's a perfect view of Sherlock, as Sherlock told him he would have. And it Sherlock's making kind of like this motions like he's having trouble breathing. And so, of course, a maid comes and flings open the window in the parlor to like, help him get air. And at that moment, Sherlock raises his hand in the motion, in the signal for Watson to throw the smoke bomb in, which he does, immediately calls fire. Then all the other people that were on the street start like raising the alarm for fire. Everyone's freaking out. And then shortly, someone calls it off and says it's a false alarm. Watson kind of basically goes around the corner and meets up with Sherlock, right? Inside or out? Outside. Outside. Somewhere on the street. And they start heading back towards Sherlock's apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they join. Sherlock's joined Watson. And he's like, okay, so like what gives? Like what? what is going on, right? Like did you, did you get that picture, basically? And what do you think? Like what do you think happened? There's not a chance. No. Do you get the picture? What do you think? Okay, what do I think happened? How long was he in the house for? Five minutes. Ten minutes. Okay, sorry. Well, I don't know. Um, what do I think happened? I don't yeah, know. Do where you we think he got this. the picture or not? Do I think he got the picture? Yeah. Um. No. Oh, I hope not. I want more. I want him to now story. know where it is. He knows where the picture is. 
but he has to like because i feel like if she was hiding it she would just hide it but she'd want to also prevent it from being easy to get right you know what i mean like i would put it in a wall for example right okay Um, so where what um how do you think sherlock would know where it is now (laughs) <laughs> i'm not sherlock how am i i know do you want to give me like a little more maybe if you want to try to get to me to like try to guess um uh, okay so first i'll say i i'm you're right in that sherlock does not have the picture but he now knows where it is so like we can confirm that he knows where the picture is Sweet. and this all was his plan he had hired all these people um the smoke bomb had been like totally a part of it and everyone calling fire had been like this kind of commotion right to go on that helped sherlock find the picture in some way it was a kind of like a almost not a distraction but a so the the fire itself was part of the plan like the fire made it easier to find the picture yes was it in the vents no this is it's more this is like not a physical thing it's like a psychological thing is what um what Sherlock was like banking on. So, Honestly, it's not even. Oh my god, true. it's so obvious. So he followed where Irene went because when she thought the house was on fire, she immediately went to go retrieve it because it will burn. So he followed her, and once yeah. he sees her go get it, <laughs> then he just has to leave and come back to exactly. get it later. Once, oh my gosh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I feel so obvious. I also feel so, so smart. I'm right. <laughs> you were right. You're very That's right. great. Thank you for helping me there. <laughs> so he knew Sherlock had like some idea that the picture would either be hidden in the parlor room or in her bedroom. And he was banking on it being the parlor room. And so as soon as this, he was kind of saying, he's basically saying it's a woman thing. Like women will always like lunch for their most prized possession. But I think that's ridiculous. I feel like that's a human nature thing. I feel like anyone would go for their prize it's more than her most prized possession it's most valuable possession most valuable you're right that's a better term this is her uh her like golden ticket she's not even gonna make any money like she's not trying to blackmail anyone she's gonna send it directly to the wife she doesn't want money like it's weird you're right that is confusing she's a woman of conviction yes yes and ideals etc so that's exactly what she does she she gets freaked out enough by this potential fire that Sherlock has created that she leaps to it's above like um they would have like bells in the rooms to be able to call servants it's above like the bell pole there's a secret panel in the wall that she slides back and grabs out the picture and then as soon as the the fire all clear has been given she sneaks it back in of course Sherlock has seen this and he was going to try he kind of like thought should he get the photograph right then but at that point the um the coach coachman the whoever coach driver comes into the room and is kind of like staring down Sherlock. So Sherlock gets out there. Yeah. But he's going to return. So they have big plans. They have, they know, he kind of knows that they need to go back as soon as possible. So he's planning to tell the King and head back there around like 8 AM the next morning because he figures Irene won't be awake yet. And so they'll be able be easier for them to just like basically barge into the house and get the photograph. Sorry. When's, when's he thinking? The next, the following morning at 8 a.m. So it's like, yeah. let's say it's 8 p.m. now. 12 hours from now. And why not the 5 to 7 window when she's not around? So they just, they that just passed. They were waiting for her to return home at 7 p.m. Yeah. So, sorry, they want to go as soon as possible? Yeah, they don't so want to waste that. any time. Okay. Yeah, so they're going to go back the following morning when they're pretty sure she's asleep still. 
So before, as they're kind of Sherlock's fumbling for his keys to go into the house, um, someone says, good night, Mr. Holmes. And he turns around to look and it looks like the person who said it was like a, a slender youth. And he kind of says that voice sounds familiar, but he doesn't know who it was. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, the only time I remember youth being involved was uh, um, uh, when the, the scuffle outside of her house. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe one of them wants a little bit more money. Maybe. They okay. think they figured it out a little bit. Right. Maybe they went to Irene. They know about the king, maybe? I don't know if they... Okay, well, when you say that, I think that's the case. <laughs> but <laughs> no, that's, the... that's not as far as I was going, but, you know, maybe they're trying to double dip. <laughs> okay, let's. we'll leave that. So... Yeah, we'll come back. Sounds good. So uh, we are kind of nearing the end of the story. So this wasn't... I'll tell you, it's not a murder story. It's just... Yeah. A scandal in Bohemia. Yes. Uh, so, so the following uh, following morning, they're eating breakfast, and the king bursts into the room. And he's like, "Is it true? Like you found the, the picture we're going to get today?" And Sherlock's like, "Yep, I know where it is. We're going to head back to Irene's place." And they they all pile in, maybe to his coach, and head over there. And they knock on the door, and a uh, uh, housemaid answers the door, and she hands a note to Sherlock. She was like, "You're sure?" Basically, she says right away, "She's like, you're Sherlock Holmes." Before he has a chance to say anything, he goes, "Well, yes, I am," and she hands him a letter. And the letter basically says, "It's from Irene," and she says, "Hi, Sherlock. Um, you were you were pretty good. Like you almost had me. You almost had me got." But as soon as I replaced that picture, I started. I went went up to my room. I started to think. Was that someone playing me? Was that someone trying to get me? And she says, I I had been warned of you months ago about this photograph. I had been warned that Sherlock Holmes, if the king hired anybody, it'd be Sherlock Holmes and he would be the one trying to come get this photograph. So I I've known about you. And and that as so she had sent the coachman in to make sure that uh, Sherlock couldn't steal the photograph. And basically as soon as he had left, she had put on uh, some some men's clothes that she owned for for her her young adventurous days and she had followed Sherlock home and as he had gone into his doors she had said good night Mr. Holmes to confirm his identity and when she was sure of that she headed home called up Godfrey and was like we got to go now and they threw all their stuff in bags and they are out of the country with the picture with Godfrey yeah the husband the husband sorry i know he's her husband yeah and I think she says that she has no intention of doing anything with the photograph anymore. She's ha- basically, she's saying I was, and Sherlock kind of had mentioned this before, that now that she's happily married, like she has no reason to, what does she care anymore? Like now she's happy. Like she maybe wasn't happy before and that's why she was wanting to do this. And she agrees that she, she has no intention of doing anything with the photograph anymore, but she feels it's safer in her hands and that's why she wanted to keep it. And uh, basically goodbye says goodbye to them and the king is the king is i mean this wasn't the best case scenario but he's okay with this that she won't be shipping she won't be mailing that photograph to his future wife anymore yeah and he can't take any repercussions because of course he's upset with her but because she has the photograph she kind of has immunity from him basically yeah like what is he to do yeah so, so at that point, the king, I mean, the case is over. Like, Sherlock kind of did what needed to be done to to his the best of his abilities. So the king asked, like, okay, what do you want for payment? And Sherlock is so impressed with Irene Adler that he asks the king for a photograph of her, which he supplies. 
And uh, apparently Sherlock hangs on to that photograph for the rest of his days and always refers to her as the woman, the italicized woman. There you go, Al. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Unanswered. Why'd they rush, rush off to get married? Um, I don't understand that either. It is not well explained in my opinion. You could go get married in that fashion, but you wouldn't run to the coach. I don't know. So you you wouldn't go in the same um, vehicle, the same coach necessarily. I swear you're supposed to arrive at weddings separately. Yeah. Or you are now. I don't know. I think there was some like, like, well, he had to go to the jeweler first. You wouldn't buy a ring on the the way. We did apparently and you yeah you wouldn't sorry you wouldn't uh see someone walk into the church and say ah we're in luck you're yeah. a witness so it's really funny you're bringing this up because so this um the book i have is like it's like an intense sherlock holmes volume of all all the stories and short well it's volume one of all the stories and short stories and it's got two columns the columns in the middle are the actual story and the columns on the outside are like giving descriptions of like and at this point they talk about going to colin and sons and it's assumed that that is a jeweler so i didn't tell you the actual name because i read it in the story and was like what's colin sons why is he going there on the way to the church and like the book tells you well colin sons is probably a jeweler so if you um, lived in the UK at that time, you would have known these things. You might have known, yeah. And then the other thing that's interesting is because you're bringing all this up, a lot of like the fandom around Sherlock is super confused about this wedding because apparently using like the dates supplied in the story, which because Watson, like I think dates when things happened, um, by that point in history, you didn't have to be married before 12 anymore. It, it had been extended to before 3 p.m. So this timeline already doesn't fit. And then you wouldn't have needed a witness like that. I, I don't think anymore. Or you did need a witness. Sorry, you would have needed two witnesses and they wouldn't have had to say anything. So it's weird that in Sherlock, in this story, Sherlock had to like say a bunch of things. And they're also saying that there's no way you could have gotten a marriage certificate that fast. Like there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you would have needed to do beforehand. Like, just to answer your question, you and the rest of the world are confused about this marriage thing. So you're not the only one. <laughs> so, well, now I'm starting to think about it more. Okay. If Sherlock is obsessed with this woman into the, like, future stories, then maybe this was one of the ways of getting him obsessed with this woman. Mm. Um, in seeing her married, that does right. add quite the element to it. Yeah, the maybe. At her wedding. Yeah, that's a good point. I because this is the only Sherlock story I've written. I've yeah. written. Oh my god, I've read. So you're right. I don't know if she comes up in future stories. How often? Uh, yeah, if she be, it's like plays a part in things. Good question and good point. So what do you think of a Sherlock story? I think that's great. I I realized when you said, I asked some question and your response to it, you said Irene Adler, and then I was like, oh. I know that name. She was in one of the Sherlock's, like the, the, oh. in the show, one of their episodes. And she was a okay. recurring character, sort of, I think, which makes sense because you said he, he was obsessed with her and would refer to then, her okay. as the woman. I And so I remember go. that it was something to do with a photo or photos, but it's not that I remembered. The story is completely different. The character is the yeah. same and the, the mystery might be a little bit the same. Sure. Of her holding on to a photo. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Adapted to the 
present day. So it's not that it ruined it at all. It's just cool. Yeah, it is cool. And if you're if you're right, I, and I'm sure you are right that she appears in a bunch of other stories. This they might have combined this short story with like a long, long, longer story, like some of the other stories. Like it could have been all, you know, tied into together. So it's not the exact same story being retold in the in the show. Yeah, I remember him ref- like saying the woman in later. Okay, or I think I do. They of course all blend together to me. That's funny. Yeah, I have a bad memory. So even if I had seen the show, I might not remember. You might have seen the episode. I might have seen the episode. That's funny. I got to go back and watch it. Oh, man. So, Alex, you had a good time? Good show? I did. (laughs) I was thinking um, I'll have to have you back on to do an official, like, real mystery. Yeah. Oh, this will be my practice run, and then, like, I'll have no excuse not to get a murderer. (laughs) I can't claim that this is new to me. You know the format. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for coming on and doing this Sherlock Holmes story with me. If uh, listeners at home, if you'd like to listen to more stories, we have a, this is episode 51 officially. There are tons more episodes of different authors, lots of Agatha Christie's you can go back and listen to in the catalog. That's uh, Tuesday Night Mystery Club, anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so the email, which is TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com. If you'd like to get podcast updates and other mystery book content and reels, you can check out the Instagram, which is Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I'll leave a link for that in the description as well. And if you would like to support the show further uh, and get bonus content you can head on over to patreon.com slash tuesday night mystery club and sign up for one of the tiers i'd like to thank our current patrons who are at the inspector gamash level shelly tsao at the miss jane marple level we have michael brello debbie kravis barb mclean emily shilton alex young davies stuart falds and ned wright so thank you all so much for your support And without further ado, I think that's everything. So good night, everybody. Good night, Alex. Good night, Katie.